Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music, sometimes brand new video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. And today on the podcast, we're listening to the very recent score to Atelier Riza. It is as uh, new as you can get, folks. Yeah, this is super exciting. Both Carl and I really love this series. Mm-hmm. And we've done an episode on the Atelier series. Yeah. And we've played a lot of this music on our podcast. Um, and what's so fun, to me at least, about the uh, Tellier music is I haven't played the games, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm a huge fan of the music, and mm-hmm. every score is a little different, but there is kind of this through line of a really fun style. I almost, yeah. in my brain, I think of it as like Wii Sports meets Zelda or something. <laughs> that's that's perfect, man. And I will say that that through line does continue. This might be one of the biggest changes of pace uh, for the series, and it definitely goes in some different musical directions. But there are tracks here and there where you're like, okay, this is classic Atelier. Um, it's it's very pleasing music, very happy music, and yeah, this is one of the strongest scores I think in the series. I was blown away by this, and I was looking forward to doing this episode for months. And yeah, this score does not disappoint. Um, what's cool about this score is there's some Gust composers, and they also brought in some composers. Uh, from the Koei Tecmo sound team. And so there's some new people working in the series alongside some old people. So all the composers that we have working on uh, that worked on the score are Kazuki Yanagawa, Shinichiro Nakamura, Kosuke Mizukami, Asami Mitake, as well as Hayato Asano, the wonderful composer that used to work for Gus. He returned for just a handful of tracks, but they're really good. So I am so excited to dive into this. Is there a lot of uh, you know new arrangements of older themes in the score? You know what? I didn't actually recognize almost any. There probably are, and it might just be my ignorance, but most of what I heard was was brand new music. Now, there's a lot of rearrangements of a new melody that will come back um, right. within this game. But yeah, I didn't actually hear a lot of older pieces of music. It's possible there are some. That's What's interesting cool. is Hayato Asano left Gust, I can't remember how many years ago, uh, doing some freelance stuff. And it was really great that they got him to come back uh, to work on this on this score. And in what was it like almost a year ago uh he was doing this live stream on youtube which he used to do once in a while where you got to basically it's his screen and you can watch him working on a piece of music and he's he's just this mad scientist and one of the tracks that ended up making the score was what he was working on all those months ago that's um, cool which is really cool so yeah uh there's a lot of great performance in the score a lot of real violin and flute and clarinet and stuff like that um i was surprised because there's kind of this Joe Hisaishi vibe to some of this music, which I wasn't expecting um, from being a, an Atelier score, but I think it's a nice balance. It has that slightly new energy, but there are definitely still uh, tracks that have that kind of happy folk Gaelic sound as well. Cool. I, I couldn't be more excited. Let's dive right in. What you guys heard was a vocal track. Um, now, this soundtrack came out. It right now just has Japanese titles. There's no official translation yet. Uh, so this is just online translations. Um, this is uh, translated to roughly Iridescent Summer, what you guys heard. Let's move on to the next piece of music we're going to play, which is composed by newcomer Asami Mitake, uh, who's outstanding. Uh, this is A Big Summer Adventure from Atelier Riza. 
you guys are listening to A Big Summer Adventure. Um, temporary translation probably won't be what, what the official English track is called. Um, this one is composed by Asami Mitake, again from Atelier Riza. So good. Very happy. I, I was really pleasantly surprised to hear that real performance um, mixed in with you know some virtual instruments. It's, it's a great balance. It's a really good sound that they landed on uh, on the score, but kind of different for the series, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely delightful. I, I, I hear what you mean about the uh, Hisayushi vibe. There, there is sort of like a cartoon or child-friendly music aspect to it, particularly mm-hmm. with that trumpet melody, so bold and front and center. Uh, but my overall experience just listening to this was a huge sense of um, relief and satisfaction just to be alive in the time that we are. There's so much incredible music being written for games and yeah. for films. And uh, I just, I, it's so great that there are, first of all, so many of the great Japanese composers that we all grew up loving their music. You know, a lot of them are still working today and creating new things. And mm-hmm. then we can have younger, a newer generation of composers also creating great music. And you can tell there's that inspiration that a lot of the people working in this series probably grew up maybe playing, you know, RPG games uh, on an old Japanese computer system or maybe on the Super Famicom and some of those sounds kind of seep their way into a a project like this and I love hearing kind of how far the medium has come but yet it's still okay to write such beautiful melodic and Mm -hmm. forwardly melodic pieces like this. I don't really know if it was the inclusion of these Koi Tecmo composers that contributed to the change of direction or if it was just always going to be going this way and they brought them in for that reason but I do believe that Mitake is one of those composers that w- that was brought in so what a great collaboration such a fun way to start off our day let's keep going now we're going to play a track uh, from Kazuki Yanagawa who was I would consider maybe the lead composer of this score let's take a listen to Sora Mimi That is delightful. You guys are listening to Sora Mimi. This is composed by Kazuki Yanagawa, who did an outstanding job. I believe uh, an actual in-house Gust composer there, uh, who kind of led the charge for this score. Oh my gosh, that real violin really goes a long way. It's so emotional and uh, just pure. Kind of, there's an innocence, like a bright, optimistic innocence uh, that the score has that I just love. It was so fun listening to this whole thing uh, the other day. It just kind of really. <laughs> brightened my mood yeah i love the sort of pop music vocabulary of these chords Mm -hmm. um and i guess 
you could maybe say sort of like a J-pop vocabulary, but it's slightly more modern. It's not completely indulging in all these like chromatic yeah, turns I know what you and mean. everything, but it's mm-hmm. still very emotional and it seems much more syrupy, I guess, and sweet and luscious than, you know, like something that you'd hear from a Western composer or even a well, Western love, composer going for like a pop style like this. Yeah, what I love about these Atelier composers is they have those influences. There's also a folk influence and a classical influence, and it's all combined together. And there are some big changes that we're going to hear, like pieces of music that are just so different. But overall, this is kind of some of the that mixture of emotions that we're going to hear yeah. as we continue throughout I, the score. It's, I, I it's love so this good. melody too. I, I, yeah, it's I'm great. A big, I'm a big sucker for kind of starting a, a melody on a non-harmonic tone and accented way. Yeah, da, 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 starting on that major seventh. Yeah. yeah da, 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 da. That part kind of That's reminded catchy. me a little bit of like Undertale or or something but it's just it's it's very quintessential almost textbook melody for uh, a great piece of video game music it's like yeah. totally within that idiom you know if i were listening to this mm-hmm. apropos of nothing i would assume that it's from a game because it has the earmarks that chord progression the sort of emotional shift chord to chord in that melody and the whole combination of it i mean it's just yeah, that that's this is the kind of thing that I love so much about game music is that willingness to be vulnerable um, mm. musically and to go to these places that uh, in other contexts might be considered cliche or um, yeah, maybe for sure. too emotional or over the top. But at least in some games... There's uh, no there's worry about that here. Yeah, yeah, there's no I worry at that. all. So on our playlist, we do have at least one piece of music represented from all five of these composers. Unfortunately, one of the composers is only one piece that made the cut uh, today. Um, but we do have some representation from all of them. Let's move on to yet another Kazuki Yanagawa composition. This is The Sound of Silver. this is good <laughs> i i definitely included this track for will i knew you were gonna love this dude do you love it i absolutely love it <laughs> this is the sound of silver composed by yanagawa and the approach they took with the recording of this was very similar to that of something like octopath traveler which i think is going to be more more of the norm here where you have a lot of real performers that i believe were recorded individually and kind of mixed and pieced together which is so great. So all of the different instruments we do have crediting for here on the soundtrack, guitar, 
Uh, we have bass, piccolo, flute, oboe, a couple of different people, clarinet, uh, bassoon, horn, there's a couple, trumpet, trombone, violin, viola, cello, double bass. A lot of those instruments that you might see one person so listed. Basically a full orchestra, but just rather than commissioning mm-hmm. an entire group altogether, it's mm-hmm. uh, soloists. God, this is good. <laughs> That's really nice. Man, the, the gorgeous melody. I love all the chromaticism. The It's that great sort of, I don't know, neoclassical Japanese video game music thing where there's the inclusion of um, some gestures that are more akin to jazz harmony, but there's this yeah. functional, formal, um, even like the rhythmic sound of the melody and everything is much more classical and sounds like something out of the romantic period but it's it's this great balance that i feel like so many japanese composers are really able to nail where they can kind mm-hmm. of um negotiate hundreds of years of different musical traditions and sort of combine them in a really natural and elegant way mm-hmm. that feels like original and feels like it's creating something new but not for the sake of being bold and different um, right it, it's so genuine yeah a piece of like this i i would have i have no criticism i love the orchestration i <laughs> yep. love the use it's just of on the nose the pizzicato with the piano it's a really beautiful texture how it sets up and uh the writing for flute is just gorgeous not only is it a great melody but it's kind of right in the sweet spot register for the flute um it just it's constantly soaring and it's this just gorgeous sound um, it is from end to end and i also love it's it's incredibly brief and my favorite pieces of music can really tell a story and take you on an emotional journey in you yeah know, it, a minute. and will you bring that you bring up a good point very short a lot of this music incredibly short it might be 50 second loops minute long loops and so kind of traditional format for for, old, for like old school vgm but you're hearing it in a modern game so yeah a lot of these pieces of music you might it might be one one minute 58 seconds and that's basically two loops then a fade out so it's crazy uh let's move on to a couple more asami mitake compositions one of the strongest composers i think uh on the score it's so hard they all did such a great job let's move on to Oh my God! Every day. Now this is this is definitely not going to be the official translation. It was the best I could get. Uh, so yeah, we're we're going to call this Oh my God! Every day. Gosh, this is good. You guys listening to Oh My God Every Day. This is, comp- this is composed by Asami Mitake from Atelier Riza. And I love her compositions. They're very playful and kind of classical. Um, there's just a youthful innocence to a lot of her compositions on the score. And this one was probably one of my favorites of hers. 
Well, it's like the the rhythmic and pointed quality of this million. Like it, it sounds very European. You it know, does. it's very square and straight. Yet the harmonic progression is right out of jazz. You have all these brief tonicizations. That's of my these favorite kind of combo. Borrowed, <laughs> yeah, two five ones and all, all this great rich harmony and even some of the voicings and the chromatic voice leading and everything. It it sounds like uh, from some who has like jazz piano chops or that mm-hmm. voicing chord and that's that blend that I was talking about earlier that I love that it seems a skill that a lot of Japanese composers seem to have which is this ability to reconcile these different styles and make them feel unified because there's no reason why a piece of music can't combine you know more kind of western rhythms with uh, a more modern approach to harmony uh and there's something about that that feels incredibly natural and it feels like the next logical evolution in the like classical tradition but i don't know why if whether it's like ego or hubris why so many like american composers just completely ignore that root and they they it's like when you on the jazz side it's almost more about improvisation and it's about um you know really something interesting rhythmic and there mm-hmm. especially like with progressive jazz and all the newer stuff now it's getting much more conceptual and uh it, it's gotten away from like the 1930s and 40s like jazz standard chord vocabulary that I think was so attractive to a lot of these Japanese composers but yet like something like this which seems like such an obvious root of something that feels classical but is using you know minor seventh chords and major seventh chords yeah. and this rich harmony it's almost just like completely avoided by so many composers and yeah, yeah it's what I love about game music it's just sure. refreshing that's one of the words I would use to describe the score in so many different ways let's move on to another Mitaki composition potentially my favorite um, and this is in some ways it feels like this would be one of the tracks I would show someone to kind of show off the score and the sound and the direction it took it's kind of a title track in a way the full name of the game is Atelier Riza Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout this track is called Secret hideout. Let's take a listen. it feels like we're in the Mario Galaxy universe. Uh, We're getting close to that, at least. This is so good. Might be my second favorite piece in the whole game 
If we end up doing multiple tracks of the week, I would love to consider this. This is Secret Hideout, composed by Asami Mitake. So much to, to kind of unpack with this one, but it is outstanding. One of the most natural uses of a 5'4", five, 5'8 five, meter that yeah, I've heard perfect. in a really long time. It's so time. natural. You, you almost rarely hear this meter used in a kind of legato, melodic way, in a way that just <laughs> feels natural and beautiful. It's so often used... Odd meters are, are so often used as a cliche um, in a modern context of like action music or something brainy or rhythmically sophisticated. Well, there's a lot of times be... when you hear a track and it's in five just to do it. It's like just for the sake of doing it, you know, uh, whereas this one, I really wouldn't change a thing about it. It is something about that that meter that works so well, I guess, adds a little bit of maybe surprise to this yeah. comforting song. Right. And it, it also avoids, I think, some of the trappings and the cliches of a lot of music music in five mm-hmm. um it, the melody is very busy really i mean not in an it's i wouldn't say it's overly busy but it just sounds confident and melodic and beautiful and tuneful and it's kind of going in these interesting directions where a lot of times if you think of uh pieces of music in five four with a more melodic function there's a lot of sustained notes there's a lot of held kind of slow Movements. I, I mean, you think about like yeah da da yeah da da right yeah da da. There's nothing about that that needs to be in five four, but it's just mm-hmm. kind of like it, it's very difficult to make something natural um, when you feel like you're lopping off a beat every measure. I got to say, my favorite section of this might be the bridge section where everything comes down, the clarinet takes over. It's more yeah. of this restrained, oh, smaller ensemble with a really interesting like bass line, and it kind of sounds like it's maybe an upright bass that's like really close. Miked. It's just great performance, great writing. Oh my god, I just well, love and it, it. It makes what again. It's like this this combining of genres and styles, and that the melody is very traditional and and beautiful and sweet and has Mm -hmm. a lot of these straight rhythms. But the 5-4 thing gives it this groove element. There's something (laughs) about it that's kind of catchy and lopsided. And I love the combination of those two without the melody feeling like... Um, Sometimes I I have a problem when there's a melody for instruments that sounds almost too vocal in the sense that it's using a lot of these kind of like syncopated rhythms. And then when you hear that Mm. on a flute, it just sounds kind of cheesy. It's like a transcription of a pop song or something. Yeah. Um, But what I love about this song is the... The melodies are very instrumental. They're, They're very so noty and for beautiful. Yet you still get this kind of like fun groove sound. At the very beginning, it almost sounded like the intro to a song from like a Broadway musical. Yeah, it's one of the most impressive things that happens in Japanese video game music. And this isn't the only score that is able to pull it off, but it does pull this off where so many different influences and styles coming together, such an eclectic presentation, but it feels natural and it doesn't feel like anything is out of place or weird. And and you just kind of accept all of it. And it's so comforting. I just, I just eat it right up. Let's move on to a composer that is another one of my favorites uh, on this score. Maybe my favorite. Uh, I think Mitake and this composer maybe did my favorite work. This is Kosuke Mizukami. And let's play a track uh, that's roughly translated to Home Island.
You guys are listening to Home Island, which is a gorgeous piece of music composed by Kozuke Mizukami from Atelier Ryza. And there are some pieces of music, and I've heard this before, and this track has it, and a couple more do, kind of this American folk Americana vibe that's also mixed in with maybe a lot more interesting and complex uh, musical styles as well. And and again, it's 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 kind of transcending maybe that that basic sound of of kind of early American folk music, but it's it's going further and it's it's just a lot more interesting. The woodwind writing in the score has just been so stunning in performance. So de- yeah, delightful. Yeah, incredibly performed. The bassoon solo on this melody here. First of all, it's a gorgeous melody. It really tugs at your heartstrings, and the timbre of that bassoon, that sort of mellow, warm color in that tenery it's just the, treble the warmest, register, like flower, so just this gorgeous. blooming flower uh, sound. Just, yeah, the orchestration here is absolutely remarkable. I think it's it's very mm-hmm. subtle. It's not flashy but it's incredibly elegant um and it doesn't have just like a generic stock formulaic quality every single piece has a a choice element to it that feels like unique in slightly different i love the emphasis of woodwinds uh the woodwinds take uh quite a significant role in the overall arrangement of most of the tracks that we've heard today um and definitely in the context of like maybe more traditional orchestral music that's a little bit out of the ordinary and it's something that i really like that the strings are downplayed a little and the brass has really been downplayed i mean the only brass mm-hmm. that i've really heard has been um for kind of in a solo melodic context well one thing that should be mentioned is uh this music was also arranged by these same people so who composed the track you know they also arranged it too whether it's mizukami or mitake and so these are people that are multi-talented and that really know how to compose this music and i have a feeling that might have been why they they were brought well, in and i in my personal experience i think writing for woodwinds is there may be the the most difficult group of the orchestra to write for hmm. because every instrument is so fundamentally different yeah, and that's they true. each have their own range constraints and timbral constraints like the flute doesn't project in a, a lower register very well the right. oboe has a lot of really complex fingering so if you really don't know what you're doing in a specific register you could make a part that's too difficult the clarinet is incredibly versatile it has a lot of control of dynamics and low and high range so each instrument is different and has different strengths and weaknesses so they're I, making it's it look great easy to hear here, such yeah completely <laughs> all right let's move on to the one uh, inclusion today from composer Shinichiro Nakamura. This is translated to Little Fairy Forest from Atelier Ryza.
guys are listening to Little Fairy Forest from Atelier Riza, and this one was composed by Shinichiro Nakamura, who also did a great job. I wish we could have had time to include more uh, of Nakamura's compositions, but this is maybe the best one. Um, I love the kind of melody and harmony in fourths oh, with that's the so oboe great. in bassoon. It's, yeah, like it's the really harmony. The harmony itself is really evocative and interesting, but the way that it's performed and panned and mixed together. Every single element of the score, whether it's the composition or the arrangement or the performance or the production, uh, all of those elements are firing on such a high level and they're really kind of taking advantage of the heart of the material that's there and trying to present it uh, in the best way possible. And they just knock that out of the park. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. And in addition, really colorful um, doublings and instrumentation ideas, like the accordion doubled with the strings is a really unique sound. You get this kind of mm-hmm. pitch warble. Yeah, and I have um, a feeling that was uh, a virtual instrument. Like, the combination yeah, of virtual instruments and real is, is so seamless. But yeah, I, I really was um, intrigued by the orchestration of kind of having the oboe and bassoon mm-hmm. as melody and harmony, especially with those interesting fourths. That was Because even though they're both double reeds, um, usually it's like y- you often find like the oboe will be harmonized with the clarinet or the bassoons with the clarinets because the clarinet is such a blendy sound and those double reeds have such you know rich overtones but mm-hmm. in this specific example the harmony was kind of this strident it had this strident quality already where these fourths were kind of not necessarily fitting into the harmony at all times and so are these almost like striking dissonances um and so having those two double reeds even though they were performed with a lot of warmth and sensitivity it was a really interesting color and it almost created yeah. a new sound you know the sound of oboe and bassoon together in fourths it almost didn't sound like oboe and bassoon it was like one entity mm-hmm. and i thought that was a really cool effect let's move to a very beautiful piece of music called this is one that actually had uh, a translation already. It wasn't uh, in Japanese. Uh, the name of this track is Grata Dello Zafiro. And this one was composed by Kazuke Mizukami. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Grada Dello Zafiro, composed by Mizukami from Atelier Riza. Yeah, this one um, is a nice change of pace. It's it's maybe the saddest piece that we've heard so far. I tried to have some uh, diversity and variety on this playlist. Definitely not as much as there is in the score, but uh, at the end of the day, I just tried to pick the music that I thought was the best. 
Man, this was really special. I, I, I really enjoyed the string writing and, and some of the voicings of those harmonies. Um, there's kind of uh, this moment towards the end of the track where there is this kind of surprising dominant chord in an interesting inversion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and the strings are kind of playing without vibrato. And it almost sounds like they're playing with mutes, like it has a very kind of thin... Um, yeah arid quality to it I thought was really striking um, and it, it's it that's another thing it's like all of these pieces of music they strike me as getting better from the start where yeah every single one of these pieces starts mm-hmm. off and I'm kind of expecting something more cliche than what happens in this I one know. boom 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 and it's like okay I've heard something like this before boom 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 not to say that it's bad, but it's just not doing something that feels strikingly new. Not that that's important, but as it goes, I feel like it really expands. Every one of these tracks expands, and its best material yeah. is kind of in the that heart of so it. It's true, at the climax, I or love it's in the B section, up. or something. And, and that's something that we, we got to say. You have to, guys. You really have to listen to this whole score. And there's a lot of great material that comes in later on in a piece of music, and and so this this particular episode can't capture all of that. But yeah, I will say that uh, Mizukami seemed to have composed the most emotional pieces of music in the score. I mean, some of the saddest moments and definitely the most emotional moments, I thought, uh, were Mizukami tracks. So, man, that's so good. All right, well, without further ado, it's time for a Hayato Asano piece of music. And this is a change of pace. It is exactly what we need in this episode right now. This is a piece of music called Enlightenment, and I have a feeling it's a battle track of some kind. Um, Composed by Hayato Asano. Let's take a listen. Great. <laughs> the one and only Hayato Asano. Ladies and gentlemen, hats off. Round of applause. Enlightenment from Asano. Yeah, it's such a breath of fresh air. There already was so much fresh air, and then all we get, we, we, we get this new type of fresh air that Asano, uh, only him could bring. This is amazing. <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm just speechless. Uh, Definitely a contender for track of the week. One of my talk favorites. about talk about a great use of a mix meter in a natural, melodic, and groovy, fun way. Yep. Man, I'm so envious. I feel like anytime I write in an odd meter, I I'm like always conscious of it, and it's always like it feels somehow unnatural. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of these composers. I mean, we heard that great piece in five. This one's in seven. And it's you almost don't need to know that you don't. Yeah, need they're to, almost it's forgetting just music. That, yeah. it's, it's not so like natural. it's not limited uh, by the fact that it's in a different meter. And nothing it's not just exploiting. Is, nothing that. about this piece of music is limited at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love the. Oh my god, it's so good. And some of the syncopation is just absolutely gorgeous. But then the melody is. It just gets to be so lyrical and free, and it doesn't mm-hmm. feel restrained at all by the meter it feels completely natural and it also does feel like classic atelier to me sure definitely god it's so good all right guys let's keep that in mind for a possible track of the week let's move on to a piece of music by kazuki yanagawa this is something you can hold in your hand So good. You guys are listening to Something You Can Hold in Your Hand, composed by Kazuki Yanagawa. And this is the first track on the second disc of the soundtrack. Uh, just a two-disc score. Really nice length, though. Uh, yeah, this one is an interesting change of pace, kind of swashbuckling in a way. Yeah, definitely. But again, not the instrumentation you might expect for that <laughs> term. You know, when you think no. swashbuckling, you might think something more robust, something mm-hmm. more traditionally symphonic and kind of dazzling, like a scherzo type of piece. Um, but this piece, it's like subdued. But yeah, harmonically, the use of the Dorian mode and even the the little bit of brass, which, as we mentioned, has been kind of like very sparse on this score, does give it a little bit more of a um i guess you could say swashbuckling feel but i also love the the drums and the strings and there's a lot of straight tone playing with the strings which is is kind of cool it's a sound that i really like of hearing um strings without a lot of vibrato because what ends up happening is you hear the the differences in pitch more acutely so you know if you have five violins playing together and they're not using vibrato it doesn't kind of mesh into the same unified sound you kind of hear the subtle pitch variance and there's something really cool and um, there's something about that sound that that's a little bit more physical. There's like mm. this tactile. You, you can sense the rubbing of the hairs against the string, and I, I think it's a really effective timbre when composers are able to 
use strings in a variety of ways. Yeah, this is one of the tracks that it might not be as like as wowing as maybe some of the other pieces of music. It's a little it's bit very more memorable, subtle, though. It's but one yeah, that I think would get stuck. Very in your entertaining. Head. Yeah, so the good. Well, guys, good. we're gonna move on to my personal favorite piece of music in the score it's what i rated the highest i was blown away by this and i actually did a little bit of a mix of this so in the soundtrack uh there's this track called ash climbing which is what this is and the track after it is called emerald climbing and so they're related to each other different variations on on the same basic piece of music and so after we hear uh this first ash climbing eventually we'll we'll kind of seamlessly fade into uh emerald climbing probably as we're talking so you can hear both of it but oh my god it's just so so good i'm so excited for everyone to hear this this is composed by kazuke mizukami let's take a listen to ash climbing listening to ash climbing composed by kazuke mizukami such a breath of fresh air for the score it just blew me away it's so different from everything else it starts out maybe feeling kind of similar to some of the the vibes we get in the score but then just immediately turns into this totally different thing I just, I love the ensemble. Here, what you guys are hearing are, this is transitioning to the emerald climbing version. Um, A lot of similar elements, but a a kind of a different, maybe kind of backing of it. But in that first ash climbing version, the bass is so great. It's definitely an upright. I have a feeling it's like a direct in (laughs) upright, which again, in an orchestral context is not what you would ever hear and so it's, it's a cool sound well also it, there's not a lot of like reverb on this track and it has kind yeah. of like it's that sound of like an orchestra that's performed in a small room <laughs> like yeah, i was watching it's... this video that someone shared this week on facebook of alan silvestri uh conducting 
um, and like running a rehearsal for this Back to the Future medley at Berkeley mm-hmm. with as like the student orchestra was sight reading it and everything. And I mean, it was a really fun video because obviously right. I love Alan Silvestri. But it, it, like, it's always strange hearing a great orchestra with good playing just dry. in a small, just in a, and it's not even just dry, but in like a small space. This is <laughs> such a great kind of combination because it feels lush and big, but it also has. Uh, some of the advantage of having more of a small ensemble feel yeah, to it. It's it's there's so many massive. different things that this accomplishes. Kind of this like Latin tango with like Eastern European and jazz incorporation as well. This this is an absolute knockout to me. Yeah, and it doesn't sound overly like expensive or polished in a way that's inauthentic. It has like a nice rugged charm to it. Yeah, I mean that, that violin really performance strong. is exquisite, virtuosic even. Yeah, and a beautiful melody too. Great tune. It, it goes a little bit farther than something that's just um, as simple or minimal as it can be. I mm-hmm. like the use of triplets, uh, especially in the kind of like string octave section. Yeah. That was really pretty. God, that's good. All right, let's go back to another one two punch from Asami Mitake, starting off with A Place Where Past Dreams Gather. You guys are listening to A Place Where Past Dreams Gather. Possibly going to have a different translation <laughs> eventually, um, but I, it works. It's nice. This is composed by Asami Matake from Atelier Riza. Man, this score has explored a lot of different emotions, but there is a through line um, throughout itself and with the series. Oh, it's funny. The end of this track sounds like a, a almost blatant homage to Laputa. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There's a couple of pieces of music that are so Laputa it's it's um almost illegal. <laughs> and well, then, it, you know that track with Yes, yes. You know speaking of um I don't want to say lifting, but like getting close to that there's a couple of pieces of music that are the exact same melody as Secret of the Forest. The part um dun Dun, 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 dun. Like you literally hear that melody like almost verbatim. It's pretty weird. Yeah. It's interesting though. The, there's a lot of like video game melodies that feel like they go into this like collective consciousness where you hear kind of yeah. a similar gesture again and again. Um, it's like how is that legal? <laughs> yeah, but it's it, I think that happens all over the place. Like, I, I'd, it'd be interesting to collect melodic phrases like that that you hear mm-hmm. time and time again. Yep. Let's move on to a piece that's kind of related in a way emotionally. This is Dreaming Ruins. Mm-hmm. 
You guys are listening to Dreaming Ruins, composed by Asami Mitake from Atelier Riza. Yeah, this is so beautiful. One of the nice guitar features in this score, and some of the other ones, sadly, um, weren't uh, able to be included on this playlist. But yeah, there's a lot of good mm. acoustic guitar writing and performance in this score. Oh, it's beautiful. This is a great doubling. You know, it's this kind of orchestral doubling with acoustic guitar. Really interesting. Yeah, I I really liked the sound of this track. It was very different. Again, a, a real standout. I, I do hear what you're talking about, the Secret of the Force. Yeah, da, da, da. <laughs> and it um, wasn't it wasn't even this one, but yeah, this one rubs with it too. Um, but it, it's just sort of like that's that's I don't know. So much music, you only have a few selection of tones, and no, only no, a no, few yeah, of them have the kind like of a gotcha harmonic rub that you're looking for. Again, an all-star for me on the soundtrack is the woodwind playing. It's oh. so beautiful. Uh, it, it's really lyrical and um, just a beautiful kind of legato line. These gorgeous phrases and every woodwind player, whether it's the flute, oboe, clarinet, bassoon, uh, they're all really, really strong in my hmm. opinion. Yeah. Well, Will, if you had to pick a track of the week, because I have a feeling that the best stuff we've heard... Uh, what would your vote be? My favorite was The Sound of Silver. That was very, very good. I probably <laughs> would go with either Ash Climbing or Enlightenment. Would be. Uh, of those two, I'd probably pick Enlightenment. Enlightenment. Well, you know what? I think we're going to have to agree on that. You guys heard it here. This week's track of the week, Enlightenment. And how can you not pick a track called Enlightenment? <laughs> you sound pretty unenlightened if you don't choose that one. Well, also, it feels emotionally right for the track of the week to be a uh, Hayato Asano composition. So I'm okay with that. But just know that I, oh man, did I love that ash climbing so much. Let's it's move on. duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> to a piece by Kozuke Mizukami. This is another piece that uh, was not originally titled in Japanese. So this is called... Rubis or Ruby, I don't know how you'd say that. Ruby de Lave. How would you, how would you say this? Uh, it, it, I would imagine um, if it's French, it would be like Ruby de Lave. But if it's supposed to be something else, it could be Rubis de Lave. I don't know. All right, let's take a listen. So rousing and exciting. You guys are listening to Ruby's Day Lave. That's how I'm saying it today. Composed by Kazuki Mizukami. Yeah, it's interesting. As we get later on in the score, this is, you know, approaching kind of near the end of the second disc here. Um, 
definitely feel like these composers are now comfortable within this world and what they've already established. And so they're kind of revisiting sounds and styles that they've done before. Um, so there's kind of a, a comforting quality to the near the end of the score. We do have a couple of changes of pace still coming, but um, yeah, this is this is a great piece. You know, a thing I'm enjoying about listening to this soundtrack is most of these tracks, at least the versions that we're listening to, don't mm-hmm. go into the loop. Um, so you just kind of hear the real brevity of the track, and I imagine in the game yeah. they kind of they would loop endlessly yeah, until you get sure. to the next yeah. point. The, this soundtrack version it doesn't overstay its welcome. You might hear it like once, and then like maybe twice, and then it immediately starts to fade. It doesn't want to you know to get used to the to the form too many times. But in the game, you're going to hear that a lot more for sure. Uh, let's move on to another <laughs> Matake composition, and this is a little bit of a rough one as far as the translation goes. The best I could find was harvesting (laughs) question mark (laughs) like really that's what you want me to do i should be harvesting right now that's what we're gonna go with let's take a listen to this from atelier riza guys are listening to beach bowl oh sorry i mean (laughs) harvesting from atelier raza really reminds me of a beach level it's so good this is composed by asami mitake who's just the best so 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 good um yeah the real performance the original track was called harvesting seashells (laughs) the performance element on the score cannot be overstated it just adds it elevates what's there. You know, the material is strong and pleasing and happy and tropical, but that real performance just brings it to that next level. I couldn't ask for anything more in this piece. Yeah. I think I actually prefer this to the Mario Odyssey beach theme. Oh, uh, yeah, it's better. That one <laughs> it's, is, it's, is it's great. Definitely. But I, I like, like that, that one, but this one this is one's just This one's more kind of in your face. I love all the playing, and I like how forwardly melodic it is, you know? I mean, it's totally different. Hard to compare. I mean, that one is going for like more of an elevator music sound, in my opinion. Right. This one is a lot more active and foreground music, but... Yeah, but you don't so get a cool good. trombone solo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like thinking about music that way. It's not just like a zero-sum game or a checklist right. of this has this and this one doesn't, but uh-huh. I, I was genuinely uh, moved by this piece. I really liked so the good. tune and I... I uh, dug the chords and the yeah. arrangement was really nice. This is one that r- really uh, it kind of hits hard right away, which I yeah, love that, that was, in a piece of music. Seems like that was maybe one of Will's favorites that he's heard in the score. So let's move on to Etude Andante. Uh, 
another uh, track that that's that's the original title, composed by Kazuki Yanagawa. You guys are listening to Etude Andante, a very beautiful, traditional, familiar piece of music, definitely in a tradition that we've heard a lot of music before for hundreds and hundreds of years, but it's it's very pleasing and delightful. And again, there's still more to say within this kind of framework, which is still right. so impressive about music, is you can compose a piece of music that has a familiar form and structure, but it doesn't feel stale at all. And um, that's one of the things that Yanagawa is so is so gifted at is there's so many times in the score where I'm like, oh, is this an old Atelier theme or is this like an old, a theme older than that? Like, have I heard this before? But that's kind of what you want for music is you want, uh, especially for an RPG, you want this sense of comfort and home and familiarity. And that's definitely what at least Yanagawa achieves in the score. And now I feel like we're quoting a little bit that Sound of Silver uh, yeah. track, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I there's some, some more of that. A lot of quoting, quoting that happens. Yeah, really spicy chords too uh, in the piano that are are nice and restrained. It's not throughout the entire mm. thing, but just brief moments that are selected for. Yeah, and the flute trills are just like they they really. I feel like I'm seeing birds flying. Like <laughs> it's crazy. Like, are there birds in my room right now? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh crap! It turns out there is no. <laughs> That's so good. Well, okay, definitely a summer-themed game from what I can tell from these translations, at least. This piece of music is called Tear, Tear-Colored Summer. And this is another mix because the the track after it in the score is taking that material, that theme, and doing a very different arrangement with it. So look forward to us mixing that in in a little bit. So starting off with Tear-Colored Summer, composed by Kazuke Mizukami.
this is beautiful. See what I'm saying with Mizukami? Definitely the most emotional music in the score. I don't know if that was, uh, you know, the mandate or if it was just, you know, that composer brought that energy to the score, but so, so beautiful. Um, and I don't have the translation of the next track. Um, it's kind of like a, like a funkier arrangement of, of this tear colored summer. Um, but it's going to be, we're going to be hearing it come up, uh, in a little bit here, man, this is pretty. I think that's my entire review, man. (laughs) This is pretty. And I actually think the translation is, is perfect. Tear colored summer. I couldn't pick a better description of the emotion here because it's it's sad and melancholy but the beauty of it um is kind of uplifting too yeah definitely. now listen to this um souped up arrangement Ooh, that is very funky <laughs> eclectic definitely like a lot of the atelier music eclectic mm-hmm. but that's one of the things that makes it shine. It's taking things from different genres and different traditions and putting them together and making it feel so natural that oftentimes you might not be aware of that. You're just listening to beautiful music. It, it stirs your soul with its melodic tunefulness. Uh, yeah. The harmonic sensitivity is incredibly strong. These tracks are well arranged and they're hmm. arranged for the instruments, but they're also yes. arranged in that they're they each one complements each other and nothing feels that redundant or derivative Mm -hmm. there's a nice variety and there's all kinds of different moods and styles that are explored in a way that doesn't feel like a gimmicky showcase of eclecticism but really just kind of like each thing is a natural palate cleanser for what came before it well we're going to move on to possibly the most classic atelier feeling piece in the score when I when this you know kind of started up I was like yes this is kind of what I love about this series and it is Hayato Asano again and we're going to end our episode with a back-to-back Asano smattering so this track and then the playout are um, some of the final Hayato Asano contributions he I think he only contributed five pieces total to the score let's start off with grain rain wheat wind I have a question for you. Why is Hayato Asano so good? Oh man, I wasn't ready for these trick questions. <laughs> no, I, I don't have an answer on it. Like he is, ama- God, I love him so much. I mean, 
almost like his brain is just so unique. I mean, starting off, you have this happy kind of folk vibe, but it's with this more ethereal ambient, like reverberant percussion. And then all of a sudden the hat, the double time drum beat comes in and it's just the happiest thing ever. And it's such a payoff. I, 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 I do have this. to say though, my original description of Wii Sports meets Zelda, it's oh, kind of accurate the nose. for this one, right? I mean, it's, it's like on the, nose. the mixture of, of guitar, um, synths, <laughs> drums, piano, and kind of sparkly woodwinds in this whole production, these types of chords and these types of melodies. I, I mean, it it really sounds yeah, like pop. That. Yeah, it's like pop meets folk and classical. Yeah, it's, it's a great description. Hayato Sano, what a gift, what a treasure, and so glad he was able to contribute, even just a handful, because it definitely made the score better. Um, hey, it gave us a track of the week as well. So uh, you guys are going to hear playing out a piece of music called Won't Forget, can't regret again composed by Hayato Asano now this was just a smattering of the rise of score there's a lot of great stuff we couldn't include we might revisit it in show and tells or, or what have you Mercado radios but you guys definitely gotta check out this whole score it's outstanding could be potentially my favorite of the year we'll see what happens the rest of this year but yeah holy moly it's good come check us out at the hook and ladder on Thursday we're playing a show yes. Um, if you're in uh, the Midwest or uh, you're in Minnesota or Minneapolis, uh, come check it out. There's going to be Definitely. three great bands playing. Well, two great bands and us. I uh, don't want to be boastful, <laughs> but we're no, really no, excited. No. We we're, have we're playing some cool new tunes, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Yeah, we have uh, us do a barrel roll as well as the Bards Quartet all happening at the Hook and Ladder. So, so check that out if you're in the area. It's always always a nice opportunity to hear live video game music. We're really excited. It's been a while since we've played live, so we're looking And I feel like to Austin and Do a Barrel Roll have been on a quest these last few years of finding the most interesting ways of presenting uh, classic video game music, blending mm-hmm. it with stuff Mash-ups. you would never expect. It's they're really it's a, such a fun time. Uh, both those groups are uh, yeah. very much crowd pleasers i'd say so definitely check it out guys well this was so amazingly fun to be able to spotlight on riza and it was a long time coming i just couldn't wait i was looking forward to the release of the score for so long and so uh, yeah so glad that it lived up and even maybe even surpassed my expectations man you gotta love atelier music um anything else you got at the end will Gosh, I don't think so. Other than I'm still curious to hear more about your honeymoon, you guys in NYC. Uh, So we've got to talk a little bit about that maybe more next time. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys, we'll play you out with Won't Forget, Can't Regret, composed by Asano. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.